Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. Hi friends, this is Rachel, and today we're continuing our journey through Ezra. So far, we've seen the returned exiles start to rebuild the temple on its original site. The foundations are laid, and then the enemies conspire and stall the project. Today, we pick up in the last verse of chapter 4. Now, the construction of God's house in Jerusalem had stopped and remained at a standstill until the second year of the reign of King Darius of Persia. So, unless you know your ancient history really well, you might not know exactly how long that is. So this time period where there's no work, it's about 15 years. 15 years is a long time. No work, no progress. So in chapter five, it starts. But when the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them, Zerubbabel and Jeshua began to rebuild God's house in Jerusalem. The prophets of God were with them, helping them. The prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, are the same ones who have the books of the Bible with their names. Both contain prophecies made in this time, the second year of King Darius. So what was this prophecy? It says, The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now the Lord of armies says this, Think carefully about your ways. The prophecy proceeds to compare and contrast what the people should be doing, rebuilding the temple, instead of what they are doing, building their own paneled houses. So Zerubbabel and Joshua and the prophets respond in obedience and begin to work. But not for long. In the next verse, verse 3, So the governor asked them, them about rebuilding, and that set off an inquiry of the matter to King Darius. So the local officials are concerned about the work and they want confirmation of the decree. A few things that we should note as we read. In verse five, the work continued until written instructions on the matter could be received. They persevered even in uncertainty. In verse 11, they reply as, the servants of the God of the heavens and earth. Now they could have just said they were worshiping some small local deity, but they don't. They proclaim that they are servants of the one true God. And then they lay out the case for the work that they are doing based on the permissions already granted to them in the decree of King Nebuchadnezzar. And they keep building until they have an answer, which we'll hear about tomorrow. Here's another verse that stood out to me. It's from their letter in verse 12. But since our ancestors angered the God of the heavens, he handed them over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who destroyed this temple and deported the people to Babylon. You see, I just read this quote in the book, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Orland. It says, not once are we told that God is provoked to love or provoked to mercy. His anger requires provocation. His mercy is pent up, ready to gush forth We tend to think divine anger is pent up, spring-loaded. Divine mercy is slow to build. 
But it's just the opposite. God's divine mercy is ready to burst forth at the slightest prick. So as the exiles are explaining their past in this letter to King Darius, they recognize that they had angered God and received just judgment by being conquered by another king. But I wonder if sometimes as we read, we stop there and think only of the just judgment and maybe miss the mercy and goodness that has burst forth in countless ways throughout their story. Maybe we do that in our own stories as well. The quote from the book continues, for fallen humans, we learn in the New Testament that this is reversed. You see, we are to provoke one another to love according to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. But Yahweh needs no provoking to love, only to anger. We are the opposite. We need no provoking to anger, only to love. Once again, the Bible is one long attempt to deconstruct our natural vision of who God actually is. Let's pray. Oh Lord, you are most gracious, most merciful, perfectly loving God. Thank you. May I see more of who you truly are, that your mercy is ready to gush forth. May my soul find rest today in your grace. And may I be provoked to love. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.